0: If we can change the way we're thinking about goal setting and achievement and the steps to get there, then there's no reason why we shouldn't all get there.
1: Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Super excited today. I have Adele Spragan, who is an author, a coach, a trainer, and a behavioral change expert. She has written the book called Shift, Four Steps to Personal Empowerment. And we are going to be talking about how to really take control and maximize your brain power. That is so exciting for me because- As a behavioral change expert, she explores topics that illustrate the potential of the human brain and its ability to make optimal choices that reduce conflict and achieve goals in all areas of life. It's all in your head, she says. Is it really all in your head?
0: I hope so. It really is.
1: (laughs) Amazing. And that's good because with the right brain pattern, most any problem can be overcome. Adele, welcome to the show. And... I feel like that just gave me so much freedom.
0: Yes. Oh yeah, it's so great Emmy when we really understand how the brain is working, how we can create change and change behaviors just by working on our own brain patterns, there is so much freedom and liberation in that.
1: I love that. So let's just start at the beginning. How did you become a behavioral change expert? Because there are not, in my scope of of experience, a ton of people who are as masterful as you.
0: Well, I have been in this industry for around 35 years. So I was teaching people how to achieve goals and how to set a goal, how to determine the steps to get to that goal, how to change their mindset if they weren't making it. And I was doing all of that for probably the first 10 to 12 years of coaching. And Emmy, I started to realize something interesting. I started to look at the results that my clients and my participants were getting. And I started to question, why are we all not making it? Right? And you know, and I, I was seeing that only a portion of them were actually achieving what they set out to achieve. And so I started to ask a different question. I st- instead of saying, what are they doing wrong? I started to say, what's wrong with our instructions? Mm-hmm. Why aren't these working? And so that, that had me go back to university. I got my master's in humanities, and I was looking to see how do people think? How does this brain of ours actually work? Right. And as I started to study it, I started to realize, hey, we've got the wrong operating instructions here. If we can change the way we're thinking about goal setting and achievement and the steps to get there, then there's no reason why we shouldn't all get there. And so based on my studies, based on doing a lot of deep dives into my own mind and into what was going on, I determined that yes, we do have the wrong operating instructions I came up with new operating instructions, and they deliver. I mean, now that I teach it, frankly, most people achieve what they set out to get.
1: Incredible. So why do we have the wrong operating instructions?
0: You know, the latest findings in neuroscience are fascinating. So for example, there is a study by John Dylan Haynes when he was working at Max Planck Institute, and he looked at What is coming first, the decision to take an action or the action itself? Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he determined that a portion of our unconscious lights up first in in a brain scanner before we think, oh, I want to take that action. So before we think, hey, you know what, I really want to pick up the phone and call my friend, part of our brain already knows that we are picking up the phone and calling our friend. OK, so okay. this changes everything about how we make decisions and how we take actions. And if we think about our brain being in charge, the unconscious parts of our brain firing up to seven seconds before we are aware that we are going to make a decision, then we've got to start working on changing that brain patterning rather than trying to take other actions, trying to change through commitment, through You know, let's just stick our feet in here and say, we're gonna do this and make sure it happens. That's not working because it's actually going against what the brain is doing.
1: Right, right. So just for clarity's sake, essentially seven seconds before I have the thought about I should eat chocolate, my brain's already activating like the chocolate desire. And then me trying to have the willpower is kind of on the back end of that. So if we disrupt the pattern, the behavior of our brain, I might eat less chocolate.
0: Absolutely. You've got it. Absolutely. Now it's up to seven seconds. So typically, it's just a fraction of a second before. But there's still the impetus to act, you're still moving in the direction of chocolate before you think I want chocolate. Right. So that's, it's very powerful when we think about it all occurring in our head. So most of the time, most people and how we have been taught, frankly, is we are taught that the problem is out there in the situation. Or the problem is in another person, right? It's my boss's fault. That's why I'm not getting ahead. You know, she's always picking on me. Right? Or we're taught that something wrong with me, like I should be able to do this, I I should be able to determine the right steps and then just follow them. And right. all of that has a swimming in a world of what I call blame and shame. Right, And none of that is effective. So if somebody is not taking the right steps to get where they wanna go, getting the results that they wanna get, then the question is just simply, hey, what pattern in your brain is causing you to not take that step or to take a step that you don't desire to take? And instead of for correcting that, let's just remove that right. because, you know, I our brains have plasticity and that's just a fancy word that just means that they're just constantly rewiring themselves. And this happens spontaneously all the time. If we can learn how to work with that and rewire our brain systematically, then we achieve everything we set out to achieve.
1: Absolutely. I love this. Like this is what fascinates me. Because I think there's so much opportunity for us to really move out of habits that aren't serving us and that we're really not fixed, that we can achieve whatever we want, we can change and whatever we're dreaming of, we can make into a reality.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I love how you said, there's nothing to fix, because that's absolutely true. If we can think that all that we are working on is brain patterns. We don't need to fix those patterns. We just need to remove the ones that are not working and let the brain do what it does exceptionally well, which is create patterns. And as long as we can remove the old ones, it will upgrade those and take us in the directions that we want to go in.
1: Right. So how do we do that? Like, how do we make the shift and stop doing some of the things that we are doing like what how do we reprogram and change the operating system
0: yeah that's brilliant so the first thing we have to know is what's actually in the way what what patterns are stopping us so here's what i suggest a listener does set a goal set a direction that they want to go in then the next question is not how do i get there the next question is why am i not there right now today what will happen is a whole bunch of beliefs behaviors actions will start to become apparent oh i'm not there because i am not i mean let's take your chocolate i'm not there because i'm eating chocolate every day right, right. that's a that's an action that somebody's taking right? right i'm not there because i feel like i have to diet and i don't have the willpower to diet great that's a belief that starts to bubble up mm-hmm. right I don't trust myself in front of certain foods. Great. That's a behavior, right? And we can start to observe all of these different things that are stopping us to get to um, getting to our goal. Mm -hmm. Now, the next thing is, all right, let's not trying to change that. We're going to treat that as a pattern. So for all your listeners out there, a pattern is an intertwined physical sensation, emotion and thought. When the three aspects of our being come together, it results in a particular behavior, action or belief. So all we have to do is stop working at the surface. Let's go under the water. Let's go into the brain. Find out where do we feel that pattern? What's the emotion in that pattern? And what's my thought that runs when I run that pattern? And let's just tease that apart. We're gonna. Put that back into just a physical sensation, just an emotion, just a thought. And then that will mean that your brain has to create a new pattern. Now, I may have just confused you. So ask your questions.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm curious because to me, it sounds really easy. But I'm sure it takes more than one attempt or some practice to really achieve that shift in brain pattern.
0: Yes. Yeah, so it is very, very simple, but simple is not easy, okay. right? It is absolutely simple. These four steps are things that anybody can do, and it's just a matter of applying the four steps. But let me just explain something else about how our brains work. Our brain, the human brain, is designed to avoid the unknown.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So the safety in what you are already doing thinking, feeling. That's safe. Anything outside of that is unsafe according to the brain. And so it holds on to these patterns, right? And so in order to create a new pattern, we can just imagine this, you have to let go of the old pattern first. Makes sense? Right. But it's that letting go of the old pattern that is the most trickiest thing for your brain to do. Not because it's difficult, not because it's scary, but because the brain thinks it's scary. Well, it's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> so- It's comfortable, but it's more than comfortable. It is survival, according to the brain, right? So eating that chocolate, even though it may not be serving you, it may not be bringing you happiness, the brain knows it can survive eating chocolate. It doesn't know it can survive not eating chocolate. Yeah, I'm nodding my head. I'm like, oh, it's It's delicious. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So when you try and go against a pattern, and this is the problem with willpower, when somebody tries to go against the pattern, the pattern digs in. And how it digs in is it comes up, it uses what I call traps. And those traps are analysis, justifying, catastrophizing, or rebelling. So let's use the chart. I'm the rebelling one. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I have to have that chocolate. I don't care if I'm not allowed it. I'm going to have it anyway. Right? <laughs> the right, rebel You can't trap. make me
1: do anything I don't want to.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or somebody will say, you know, well, I have to have it, because if I don't, then my, my blood sugar is going to drop and I'm going to be tired. That's the justifying trap. We can hear it, right? Or right. the analysis trap. Oh my gosh, like without chocolate? Like, I can't live without chocolate. Oh, come on. You're asking me to live without chocolate? I must have chocolate. (laughs) On and on and on. I can't start my
1: day without chocolate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So as long as we know what we're going to butt up against when we start working with our patterns, then we can deal with those traps. But until we do, we tend to think that this method, this method of rewiring the brain is much more difficult than it really is. So once you start to
1: identify like all four pieces. And do you start taking action on that? Even if it's, you know, something where you're like, oh, well, you know, I see this limiting belief or this thing that I've had that isn't really accurate. And do you dismantle that or what's kind of the next process?
0: Repatterning is done in four steps. We first have to identify. So that's the process of, all right, what is the action behavior belief that's in my way? And then what is the pattern that is causing that action behavior belief? So that's step one. Step two is to own it as a pattern. So let's flip that switch. The problem is not out there. It's not in the chocolate. Right. The problem is in a pattern. That's very different from the blame and shame method that we're used to doing. So when I say the problem is in the pattern, I'm not saying that, Emmy, you are the problem, right? I am saying that there is an old obsolete pattern in the brain. It just continues to run and continues to take that action. So let's flip the switch from you trying to fix it out there to dealing with it as a pattern. There's something very liberating in that, right? Right. And then the third step is that deconstruction process. Now we have to remove the old so that we can replace it with the new. And then the fourth step is to replace it with the upgraded pattern, which takes you in the direction you want to go in.
1: Cool. I love that. That's so much fun. How can an entrepreneur use this effectively? Because I've said for years, I'm sure you agree, and I think it's a pretty common thought process that. Entrepreneurship is the best course in personal and self-development because there's so many things you have to overcome in your belief system to be successful. Like shifting your patterns and rewiring your brain and creating a new operating system to me would go hand in hand with entrepreneurship and leaders so that they can really optimize every aspect of what they're doing. I know a lot of my people are looking at tiny little tweaks in performance For instance, whether it's they're sleeping a little bit longer, or meditating a little more, or less, or you know whatever, so that they can show up as their best selves. So I'm curious how we can start to try to translate that into business and leadership.
0: Yeah, great question. So I do work with a lot of leaders and a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and everybody's unique so the first thing to know is that there isn't a one-step formula for success especially in entrepreneurship and leadership it really should be and needs to be situationally dependent so but that said you know most entrepreneurs need to do things such as selling It's very few who get away with not selling. Most entrepreneurs need to deal with their finances and deal with all the money situations. So money patterns become very important. Most entrepreneurs need a level of creativity because they need to keep creating content Typically, or they need to deal with problems as they come up. So, problem solving for entrepreneurs is very important. Mm -hmm. So, there's certain areas of concern, I call them, that if you get stopped, these need to be dealt with. If you can deal with them as a pattern Mm -hmm. rather than, again, as, oh my gosh, what's the problem out there? You know, so I'll just give you some examples from some of the things that my clients face. One very common pattern for entrepreneurs especially when they're first starting out is they will think if they just have the right educational training then they'll get it right right and so they go chasing after different trainers educational packages yeah, certifications thinking,
1: and programs and then they've got six gajillion letters you know after their name which is great but does not make a business
0: Exactly. And they're spending all their time training and they're not actioning on that training, right? That's a very common pattern that a lot of entrepreneurs butt up against especially in the beginning. And that's just a matter of addressing that like a pattern. I call that the learner pattern that really needs to be removed so, so that the person can take risks and not worry so much about making a mistake in the beginning. Because the okay. thing about entrepreneurship is you're going to make mistakes. That's a given. It's who you're being in the face of those mistakes that really counts. So if you can fall down seven times and get up eight, great, now you're on the track to success. And in the beginning, it's okay, yeah, I gotta take risks. I'm gonna make mistakes. How do I tackle mistakes? How do I handle that? You know, sales patterns, very common for somebody to feel very uncomfortable about selling. And that's typically because in our past, we have bought things that we haven't really wanted. right? And then we're thinking, oh, gosh, now I've got to sell. Like, I'm going to come across as a slimy salesperson who's right, manipulative, right. right? And so we try not to manipulate and that just becomes a, a big mess. <laughs> so, you know, so looking at those sales patterns becomes really important. How do you feel about selling and what's your beliefs about selling? And let's right. clean all those up. So things like that. And, and you know, when I work with an entrepreneur, it's like, okay, let's figure out what your unique patterns are that are getting in the way of your success. And then we're going to work on those rather than just here's all the different patterns. You're going to work on all of this and no, all because we're all different and we all have strengths and weaknesses.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I spend a lot of time with my clients, really shifting them into a serving mindset around sales so that they can go out and help their people because people get so stuck up in their head about exactly what you just said. They don't want to be pushy or aggressive or feel slimy. And they lose so much business because they, sometimes they talk themselves even out of asking for the business, but then they don't follow up. And it's so cool to see that snap into place for people.
0: Another pattern, because along the same line is if when somebody feels that they're not good at something and they don't understand that that is just because they have a pattern in the way, what they'll try and do is do workarounds. So one workaround, one very common way is to try and find a partner to fill in for the person's weaknesses, an entrepreneurship that often happens. Somebody will say, "Okay, I'm not good at selling, so I'm going to go out and find a salesperson. Until you can repattern, a few things happen. First of all, you oftentimes end up finding a partner who has very similar weaknesses to yours. So that's one thing that happens. Or the other thing that happens is because they are trying to compensate. You know, I had one participant, one client of mine, and she was giving away chunks of her business. And these people were just doing nothing expecting her to do all the selling anyway right and so she was you know she'd give away a 20 percent share in her business to this guy and he oh, wow. didn't end up doing anything and then she'd do it again and another 20 percent over here and he ended up didn't didn't do anything now once she was able to understand that this was her patterns mm-hmm. she was able to not only sell but she stepped into the leadership role she actually became the ceo of her business and she took on teams of people around the globe she had one team in asia she had another team in north america so you see she she stepped into this leadership role so like i say to every person i work with if you're stuck that place that you're stuck is affecting you more than just what you think it is right for her it was leadership it wasn't just sales and when you break through the block in selling in this case she stepped into the leadership role. So those blogs are always just the icing on the cake. When you step out of it, it's like, boom, you don't know what you can accomplish until you start working with patterns. I love
1: that. What are some other results you've seen with people as they're really adopting this whole new operating system? Because to me, it seems like it could be limitless. Like, once you you're letting go of these blocks, and patterns that aren't serving you, like you could achieve anything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, let let's though define anything, Emmy, because I want to be really careful here. I like to say that every person's unique, I'm going to repeat that again. And let me explain exactly what I mean by that. Throughout your lifetime, your brain has been storing all of the sensory data that has been coming in through into your brain. Mm -hmm. So what is that? Well, that's everything that you've seen, everything that you've touched, everything you've tasted, everything you've smelled, right? All of that is stored, not in a conscious way, not in a way that you can tap in and say, what did I see a week ago on the street? All right. But all of that becomes grist for the mill. Now your experiences throughout your life are unique to you. And that gives you certain strengths right now. How do you know that you have those strengths? Well, typically, if you're attracted to doing something, if you're setting a goal, it's because somewhere in you, you have the capacity to achieve that. All right. But I don't have the goal of being um, a figure skater. And I've never learned how to skate. (laughs) so it makes sense that I wouldn't be saying wow I really want to be a figure skater you know so yes we can do anything but it's got to be within our experiences in life but we don't know what those are until we remove the patterns that are in our way
1: I'm curious too because you've said that like brain research shows that the brain's not structured hierarchically how is it structured and how is that impacting
0: us yeah so back in, wow, this goes way back. This is probably back in the 1940s. I'm going to say it might be early 50s. Okay. First starting to study computers, and they were looking at artificial intelligence, even way back when. And they weren't having any headway when it came to computers. And one scientist looked at it, and he said, oh, he said, it's because they were trying to structure it the way the brain is structured, which they believed at the time was hierarchically. When they looked at it, they went, no, this isn't a hierarchy at all. This is a heterarchy. And what a heterarchy is, is think of a fluid hierarchy in which different parts of your brain will step into the leadership role depending on the situation. Okay. And then when that situation is over, that leader drops back and another leader steps in. And your brain is constantly doing this, and it does it fluidly, it does it effortlessly. Parts of your brain follow, parts of your brain lead, those parts drop back, follower now becomes the leader, and so on and so forth. We never knew this until we actually took a deep dive into our brain. We always thought that everything was hierarchically structured, and we structured all of our organizations hierarchically. We've structured all of our governments and everything we do, our institutions, they're all structured hierarchically, and it's an artificial construct. It doesn't exist in nature, right? right? Okay. So knowing that, we can take a step back and go, okay, this doesn't work. Because when we look at patterns, that's our only question, does it work or doesn't it work? We don't ask, is it right or wrong? We just say, okay, that's not working. Let's remove it and see what shows up. Dare I say it, I mean, I I hate to do gender differences, but I think with women stepping more and more into leadership roles, there's a a huge opportunity right now for us to really change the structure of leadership and Mm -hmm. to really do it according with how the brain's working and not with how we think it works.
1: I am so glad that you're, you're talking about this. And it's funny because I just recorded another podcast with somebody else. And we were talking about how the authoritarian model of business and government is broken. Bringing in a little more feminine energy to a very masculine world would help us find more balance. And, and I know too, like a lot of research is showing that women leaders bring tend to bring more balance because we tend to engage and create communities as opposed to the top down. And it's so amazing to now learn that, like that's how our brains work. Automatically.
0: Absolutely. Just because everything is in such a state of disruption, we've got a massive opportunity here to use it. So, you know, a lot of people look at the disruption in the world today and they think, oh, this is terrible. And I look at it and go, this is amazing because we're tearing everything down so that it can be rebuilt. But we've got to be careful that we rebuild it now in a powerful and positive way for everybody. It has to work for all of us now and not just for the handful. Right, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I felt that way too, where to me, when things happen like the pandemic, really involving the entire world, it's time and it's our opportunity really to look at global shifts, look at what's not working and what's broken and fill that gap with something that's more positive.
0: I always knew the world was inequitable But I didn't realize the extent of it until COVID. I almost got it on a cellular level. And I went, wow, like, even though before I was, I was awake to it, I wasn't awake to it, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And the pandemic had me change my entire business model so that now I have an equitable payment plan. It really made me look at everything that I was doing and say, okay, it all needs to be reshuffled and reworked. Mm -hmm. So You know, that's what I'm talking about. Those massive opportunities that come from new experiences that can only sometimes be had through disaster and just how we look at it.
1: I want to talk about the book a little bit because I have a copy and just started to dive into it. But I'm curious, like, what was the catalyst for you in writing it? Was it something that you've always wanted to do or you just felt like it was the thing you needed to be able to really get the word out? Or is there a juicy story? I'm, I'm, I love hearing like the backstory of how things are created.
0: I really wanna spread the word out there. And I just thought, okay, a book is a really good way to do that. It's accessible for most people. You know, I, I wanted to keep it an easy read. So hopefully I accomplish that. And at the same time, give all the meat needed to actually make shifts in somebody's own life. That was my only reason. Every time I I hit the computer and went to write, if I was stopped, I would just re-pattern. So, you know, sometimes you'll see a shift in tone or change in in language as I go through. And that's because a different pattern was writing that particular section. So just FYI.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. So it kind of involved all the parts of your personality.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just honestly, I just really wanted to get it out there. And I, I just thought, it's time. The world needs this. We need to stop swimming in this world of blame and shame and actually start to take a new direction. And, you know, since I've written it, I've seen patterns, the word patterns has started to show up everywhere. And so I think the word is starting to get out that we're working on the wrong thing. And hey, let's change that. So hopefully I can be a little drop in that new ocean. (laughs) Yeah, just
1: just creating that ripple effect for everybody. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, what excites me about the book and like everything, all of the work that you're doing is that it's really about incremental change and incremental shifts. You're not overhauling anything because, I mean, we all know that doesn't work.
0: Yeah, it's one pattern at a time, I like to say. Right. So, one area of concern at a time, one pattern at a time, one problem at a time. The beautiful thing about repatterning, through repatterning what doesn't work, people not only get to their goals, but they get to their goals and they're happy, fulfilled, they have peace of mind. Because when we think about patterns as being Blocks when we think about problems as being patterns, the only reason we have that problem is because we're trying to use an obsolete pattern from our past that no longer works, that we're trying to use in our present moment. Right. And so when we know how to work with the brain, happiness is your birthright. (laughs) Every ounce of you wants you to be successful and fil- fulfilled and happy and be peace- and have peace of mind and be free of all this anxiety and all this other stuff that we're swimming in. Every single cell of your being wants that for you. And the only reason that we get stopped or the only reason that we have this emotions that seem to be negative to us, it just simply the subconscious's way of saying, hey, knock, knock, you're running an obsolete pattern let's upgrade this. <laughs> and so yeah, so it's deeper than just achievement, or it's cheaper than just productivity. It's right, like,
1: right. everything. Yeah. For me, like the achievement and the productivity is great, but that's not fulfilling. Yeah. Not like you get that quick, like, woohoo, like I did the thing. But that thing that woohoo is gone the next day and when you're really looking at like how do i fill myself up so that i'm coming from a place of joy and i'm experiencing happiness most of the day um, you do different things
0: yeah 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 and it's a, it's a byproduct i like to say happiness and peace of mind is a byproduct of repatterning it just yeah. starts to flow naturally
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love it because it really mirrors also just the way you said, you know, the brain structured and how we're kind of seeing that shift in the outside world from the authoritarian hierarchical to something that is more inclusive. And I think, you know, even moving from, oh, well, you've just got to work hard and stick it out to a place of joy and being excited holds so much promise for all of us.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and it really is. It's beautiful. Like, you know, there's so much shifting and changing. So let's just follow this wave and just keep those change going, but in a positive and a way that works for everybody.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Share with everybody um, where they can get the book. And I'm going to encourage everybody who's listening to make like the time to get the book because the parts that I've read so far this is a very different approach and I think far more effective than the typical you know how to achieve your goal or how to you know remove limiting beliefs etc so where can they where can they get it
0: well i'd love to gift every listener a free copy so you're welcome to go to my website wwwshiftshift4 that's the number 4 steps dot com and all I ask is that they pay for shipping and handling and I will send you out an autographed copy. Yeah, right from there. So shift four steps.com and if they're interested in my thought leadership, they can go to my site adelspragan.com and that will give you more about the philosophy behind the right, book.
1: Right. awesome. And we will have both of those links in the show notes too so you can click through easily and order it right now. And um, I can hardly wait to finish reading. It's on my list of things to do this weekend while I'm relaxing.
0: Oh, lovely! Well, I look forward to your thoughts, Emmy. Yeah, absolutely,
1: <laughs> this has been so much fun. Where else can um, people connect with you? Too is the website the best place?
0: Yeah, probably. Or LinkedIn. LinkedIn is great if they want to friend me um, and just say, you know, saw you on Emmy's podcast, and I'll I'll definitely. Get you into my network and Facebook at Repatternist. Okay, be there too. Awesome, awesome. So I'm going to ask you one more question because I've
1: been asking a lot of people that I've been talking to. What is your plan for 2021?
0: Like, what's new or
1: big or exciting on the horizon for you?
0: Yeah, well, interesting you should ask because I just um, I just hired a marketing firm, so we are really revamping all of my marketing so that's going to be a big job for the beginning of 2021 hoping to have that all up and ready by summer so there's lots of great things changing and happening so if anybody wants free stuff if they want um, introductory courses all of that stuff just just connect with me and I'll make sure that it's all there that sounds so exciting I love doing that type of work like recreating
1: or kind of um, just revolutionizing my existing stuff and and making sure that it's cohesive is it just makes the creative part of my brain really happy so I hope you'd enjoy the whole experience and I look forward to seeing what comes out of that.
0: Me too. (laughs)
1: Awesome. Well, Adele, thank you so much for being on. It has been a pleasure and I love everything that you're doing. And I look forward to seeing the huge ripple effect that you get to create in the world.
0: Oh, thanks, Emmy. It's been been my pleasure. And yeah, I I love working with people like you who are doing such great work. So thank you for doing what you do too. You're welcome.
1: You're welcome. And to everybody who's listening, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.